Hi there! This is the PowerPoint Tribe, where our vibe is faith and our food is the Word. Prepare to be strengthened and encouraged through the teachings of God's Word and the ministry of the Spirit. Minister Joel, thank you. <laughs> thank you for doing the great work of a foreigner. <laughs> you went to bring out uh, Blue from the archive. It's been a while I heard it. <laughs> Binge lavishly on God's word. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, please tag your neighbor. My phone is telling me that we have 60 people on this call. So my assumption is that I should see about 50 people say, are you ready to binge lavishly on God's word? Are you ready to blow? Um, I can't type now, so I'll just say it. Taddy, are you ready to blow? So Taddy is my neighbor for this evening. Are you ready to blow? Good evening, everyone. Welcome to another evening of, of Church on the Move. Please confirm you can hear me loud and clear. Um, awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you, Mr. John. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Let me leave my display on for a while. So I'm not tapping and tapping. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Rosemary. Thank you, Mr. John. Thank you, Shire. Okay, okay. I already had my own tag to come with, but I'll just stick with Minister Jones and I, I think we're ready to begin to publish the on God's word. Um, thank God for his word in season and other season. Um, what a blessed house. Okay, let's pray as we start with teaching this evening. Father, thank you for today. This evening, as your word is taught, it falls on good ground and it yields fruit in us. We are that thoroughly furnished workman. We are that thoroughly furnished workman. Father, glorify the teaching of your word this evening. Glorify the teaching of your word this evening. Glorify your word and the teaching of your word this evening. And Christ is formed in our hearts in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. 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 Mr. Joel, thank you. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, you know, Bible says in 1 Peter 2, 17, that we should honor all men. So we honor all men because God's word says so. We honor all men because God's word says so. And it's important to do that. So we honor all men. So we're, we're not, whenever we meet people, we think the best of God about them. So we honor them until they show they are. Uh, so we have to give everybody 100% and hope that they display 100%. So we have to honor all men. The Bible also tells us that let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in word and doctrine. And I mean, I know that we've been taught the double honor is also with resources, but it's also why we honor our pastors, our leaders, because they labor over us in word and doctrine. So um, I said this to say, because it's always good to give this, um, on, share this understanding so that people know why we do what we do. Uh, this is why we honor our pastor. So I want you to help me appreciate the senior pastor of the PowerPoint tribe on the group. It's not time wasting. I mean, we just finished the Book of Romans series and we saw what Paul had to do to celebrate all the good that helped him in the place of ministry. So we're not wasting time when we honor our pastor. Um, let's just appreciate the senior pastor of the PowerPoint tribe for 
the work he does. I mean, there are sacrifices that you will never know he has to make. But between him and God, those sacrifices are made. Pastor, we thank you. We appreciate you. Thank you for your sacrifices. We salute and celebrate you. Thank you, sir. In that same light, we're also going to appreciate all the associate pastors and all our leaders. So if you have a leader in this tribe, if you're a member of a unit, also appreciate your leader because they also labor over you in word and in doctrine, ensuring that at a level Christ is being formed in you. So appreciate all the associate pastors, Pastor Nonso, Pastor Itoro, Pastor Olayinka, and all the leaders, the directors, the people that ensure that every time we gather, the service is always on point. They play a very significant role in doing that. Um, yeah, so I celebrate all the pastors, all the leaders, directors, and all the HODs. Thank you very, very much. Okay, now to um, now that I've greeted everyone and um, I've poured water on the ground, <laughs> proverbially, let's 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 go into the teaching of God's word. This is. So one of the things that okay, uh, one of the things that came to my mind, even as the greetings are dropping on the group, you can still pay attention once you've dropped yours, is we can learn from experience. You know, yes, we can learn from experience. It doesn't just have to be our own experience. We can learn from experience, but it doesn't just have to be our own experience. We don't have to learn from our own experience. We can learn from other people's experience. And that's why the word of God has been given to us. Romans 15, 4, let us know that for whatever things were written before, were written for our learning. So the things we read that has been written for us, they were written for our learning. So that we, through the patience and comfort of scriptures, might have hope. So it's almost like you're going to write an exam, but past questions have been made available. In that sense. And the past questions, the questions that will be asked will still be the same questions that will be asked. The questions that were asked in scriptures will still be the same questions that will be asked to real time. So you, you have that advantage of the past questions in that sense. I don't know if you had lecturers on campus or in secondary school that used to repeat questions. So there was this course I did in a subject, that, I think, in secondary school, um, economics, SS1, I think it's first term or second term. The, quest, the only thing that was changed in that printout was um, the term. So maybe it's, instead of, maybe the last term was 19, let's say 2006 slash 2007. The only thing that was changed was 2007 slash 2008. Um, I don't know if anybody has ever had that kind of experience, but it was, it was a good exam. Uh, <laughs> oh, amazing. Yeah, so we don't have to learn from I mean, we can learn from experience, but it doesn't just have to, it doesn't have to just be our own experience. We can learn from other people's experience. So we can read through. So like I said, we have the advantage of plenty past questions. So we can read through the story of David and know how to give ourselves, the story of Joseph, the story of our Lord Jesus, um, how Joseph behaved himself with Mary, um, Zacharias and his wife, how they behaved uh, through the birth of John the Baptist, how Saul behaved himself. We learn from that experience. Nehemiah, why he was building for God, you learn from that experience. Noah, how he built the ark for God. Um, Abel, I offer to God. I mean, Enoch, how he works with God. So you can learn from the experience. And that's why we're also in this journey of learning from the experiences of 
Elijah. Elijah. So this evening we'll continue our journey on learning from uh, Elijah. And then last week, one of the things that Pastor Ito said last week that, that really stuck with me was that 50 million people are saying something foolish does not begin to give that in weight and make it wise. Once it is foolish, even if it's 100 million people saying it, even if it's 50 million people saying it, it's still foolishness. Uh, it, it makes me remember while, while I was on campus, uh, one of my HODs during our retreat said, 50 kg of feather and 50 kg of cement, which one is heavier? 50 kg of cement and 50 kg of feather, which one is heavier? And thank God I did not rush to answer. <laughs> uh, just pause first before you answer. Because they are both 50 kg, so they are the same thing. <laughs> so yeah, that's 50 million people would would say something foolish, will not change it. It's still going to be foolishness. And that one person is saying the truth does not make it less. It's, it's not a democracy in that sense. The truth is the truth. So now let's let's jump to, for this evening, I, I just have six thoughts to share with respect to Elijah. Um, lessons that I have personally seen over the course of preparing for this uh, message. In that sense. So let's jump into um, lessons from uh, Life of Elijah, um, season, I mean, episode 8.0. Okay. So the first thing I would like to armor is 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 9. 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 9. So you can just leave your Bible in that 1 Kings 17, um, 18 axis because we'll just be playing around that space. 1 Kings 17, verse 9. And really, I do pray that the way this has blessed me, I'm able to communicate it to your heart, and it's also going to bless you that same way, and that there will not be anything missing in the name of Jesus. Okay, First Kings 17, verse 9. says, and I read, I'm reading from NLT. Go and live in the village of Zarephath, near the city of Sidon. I have instructed a widow there to feed you. So God is telling Elijah that go to Zarephath, close to Sidon. I have instructed, other verses say um, directed, another verse said commanded the widow there to feed you. Now, but we find something very funny. I mean, to me, oh, how I read my Bible, it didn't look like the widow was commanded. It didn't look like she even had any instruction from God. But God does not lie. And I think maybe God did it that way to also show us something something that is very very important that god has commanded us to do stuff or that god has command told us that he has commanded someone does not mean that we will not apply wisdom in that said scenario and i mean it makes sense now when you read proverbs 4 verse 7 that says get wisdom i mean no sorry wisdom is the principal thing and in all you're getting, get understanding. So that the fact that God has said, and that's the first point I want to, um, I, I think Pastor already said this before, but I just thought to um, reinforce it. I mean, it's not a crime if you hear it again, like Peter will say, or Apostle Peter will say. That God has told us that someone has been commanded does not mean that we will go into those conversations foolishly. And that is why it's important to know that there's something called wisdom. 
and that wisdom is the principal thing. It's not just a thing. It's not just an important thing. It is a principal thing. It is very important to put that into this, that God has said somebody has commanded. God has told you that someone is your wife. God has told you to resign from your job. God has told you that, oh, you need to leave a church. Um, God has told you, maybe God has told you something that you need to do this. Doesn't mean that you will not apply wisdom in doing it because wisdom is the principal thing. And in all you're getting, get understanding. Know how, the know how, understand. You must do, you must come to that place of understanding the know how to executing that task. It's very, very important to say that. So Elijah did not go to the widow of Zarephath and tell the woman that was planning her last meal that God said, even though God had commanded her, because she didn't even believe that God commanded her. And that's a different conversation. But Elijah, Elijah knew that, oh, in this conversation, there's a, there a way, there's a spirit in man, and the spiritual Almighty will give them understanding, persisting on how to behave themselves. So we must know how. So you don't go there being abrasive. You don't go there being. You have to be self-controlled. There's a level of intelligence that must that must come into that scenario. It is very very important, very very important. So sometimes I might not be able to tell you this is how you should do it. This is how you should do it. I mean, sometimes we will be able to say, oh, "There's wisdom." You don't. You don't. When you're living a place, you don't slam the door. Because you might just need to walk past that same door. So there are times like that. But the other times, it's just there's a spirit in man. And that spirit in you will give you understanding, will let you know how to behave, let you know what to say and how to say it. So that you don't just, um, like using the analogy, because um, the, we have a larger single demography in the PowerPoint chart. Um, so someone, God says, this person is your wife. That information is for you. It's not necessarily for the other person. It's just, in quotes, permission. You can't go ahead in that sense. But you still have to use wisdom in going ahead. And that means you have to woo the person. Just understanding. It's, it's very simple. It's very important to say that. So that God has commanded someone does not eliminate the need for wisdom. That God has commanded you, or has told you that he has commanded someone does not mean that you will not, um, you will not use wisdom in that sense. I mean, God anointed David as king over Israel as a teenager. We don't see David going and telling Saul, please, please, oh God, pack your load, pack your load. Your time is up. No. No. You still have to behave yourself wisely. It is God that has anointed you. God will fight. We also do it. You don't want to start something in the spirit and end it with the flesh. So we see that with um, we see that with David. Behave yourself wisely. We see that with Nehemiah when he was going to build the wall. He didn't just move brashly, even though he felt that it was time to go build the wall. He still needed to go through process with Artaxerxes and all. <clears throat> and that's, so it's very important that we apply our hearts to wisdom. Very, very important. So that's that's the first lesson I want to um, highlight this evening. The second one I want to highlight is 1 Kings 18.20. So my, we'll just be first Kings 1820. Um NLT, I'm reading from NLT. So 20, let's just do 21. 
Then Elijah stood in front of them, okay, continuity. So he have summoned all the people of Israel and the prophets to Mount Carmel. Then Elijah stood in front of them and said, How much longer will you waver? Opening between two opinions. If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is Baal, then follow him. But the people were completely silent. So it's obvious from this scripture that the people of Israel were jumping between two lanes. So they they were not they were not they're not straight, they were not on one lane. Whenever it's convenient, you move to Baal. Whenever it's convenient, you move to God in that sense. So Elijah was saying, stay on one lane. And Apili says this thing. It's like when 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 the devil was tempting Christ, one of the things he said was that jump, for he will give his angels charge over you. Jump, for he will give his angels charge over you. And then Christ responded by saying, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Because what 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 PD, one of the things Pity said about this was that you're creating a monster in the spirit. Because whosoever is supposed to be he that dwells in the secret place of the Almighty shall abide under the shadow. Uh, that they that dwell in the secret place of the Almighty shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Abide under the shadow of the Almighty. So instead of the person that was supposed to be abiding is now jumping, and it doesn't make sense. So God is within your your folly is tempting God because you're supposed to be abiding, and God is supposed to be giving His angels charge over you. So it's 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 it's, it's a conundrum for God in that sense, and that's why God will say. It's better he knows that you're one thing. It's either you're hot or you're cold. But when you're warm, you begin to, you give him issues. You give him, he becomes nauseous in that sense. And he's going to spit the person out. So it is important to state, my second lesson that I have learned is stay on one lane. Choose your lane and stay on one lane. And I will say this, uh, because the this is a journey of Christ being formed in us. So we are growing in that sense. There's a difference between a struggle that something God is still helping you to grow out of and something that you are doing willingly. That by choice, you are just disobeying. You are trying to see how far it's too far with God. You're trying to evaluate. You're trying to see the boundaries that grace has given in that sense. There's, there are two different things. Just because we know that the grace of God teaches us. Grace is a teacher. So, second lesson, stay on one lane. Don't hobble between two positions. Don't limp between two options, God and power, God and finance. I mean, because, I mean, even Jesus Christ said, you can't serve God and mammon. So, those are like the two, so they didn't even call the devil in the conversation. Stay with God. Stay with God. Just, just stay with God. That's that's the thing I learned. I mean, it was like the Spirit telling me, stay, choose one place and stay on it. Stay on one lane. Stay on one lane. Don't, don't, don't be wavering. Just stay on one lane. Choose a lane and stay on it. As our God can know how to help each person in that sense. Stay on one lane. So that's that's the second thing. The third thing, um, the third thing I want to talk about this evening is so let's let me just write this here on one day. That's number two. The third thing is from that that seems first Kings 18, verse 25 to 29. 
Then Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, you go first, for there are many of you. Choose one of the bulls and prepare it and call on the name of your God. But do not set fire to the wood. So they prepared one of the bulls and placed it on the altar. Then they called on the name of Baal from morning until noontime, shouting, O Baal, answer us. But there was no reply of any kind. Then they danced, hobbling around the altar they had made. About midday, Elijah began mocking them. You will have to shout louder, he scoffed. For surely he is a god. Perhaps he is daydreaming or is relieving himself. Or maybe he's away on a trip or he's asleep and needs to be wakened. So they shouted louder and followed their normal custom. They caught themselves with knives and sword until the blood gushed out. They raved all afternoon until the time of the evening sacrifice, but still there was no sound, no reply, no response. And the third thing for me is you can be sincere and wrong. You can be sincere and wrong. It would look apparent from the from scriptures and reading it and inferring based on um, the Holy Ghost mind that we have, that the prophets of Baal actually believed in what they were doing. They actually did believe. It looked as though probably at a lower level, they had tried some of these things and it had worked because they, they were not, they, it was like formula. So if this doesn't work, move to this ne next level. If this does not work, move to this next level. So, they, they had probably tried it at some level, so they were expecting that it would work at this level. It's almost like the when Moses appeared before Pharaoh and he threw his staff and he turned to a snake. And then, I mean, the magicians too did the same thing. And, and they threw their staff like, okay, they're not doing anything new. We also throw our staff and it's going to turn to a snake. But the challenge was that they were playing on a different turf this time around because at, at this level, God was actually now interested in showing himself strong on the behalf of those that are called. And so in this particular situation, all they did in their sincerity did not work because they were wrong. And because this was a different level, this was, I mean, the game had changed. The game was on another level. It didn't work. So the, the first thing I learned, or I'm still learning, is that you can be sincere and wrong. Now, it's important to be sincere. In fact, it's a very good quality. But in your sincerity, listen with truth. Because if, 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 if more people were sincere, would, life would be a bit easier in that sense. So it's, it's important to be sincere. But what I am saying from what I learned from the prophet of Baal was that they were sincere, but they were sincerely wrong. Sincerely wrong because they believed. I really do believe that they believed in whatever they were going to, what they were doing. They really did believe. And they keep they kept trying, they kept trying, they kept trying. I mean, they already mutilated themselves before Elijah did anything. But it didn't work because they were sincerely wrong. So you can be sincere and still be wrong. You can be sincere and still be wrong. So in as much as sincerity is important, as believers, we have to work in sincerity because we know the truth. But it's also important to know that you can be sincere and be wrong. So yeah, list your sincerity with truth. So that, that's my third lesson. I mean, we see we see Paul. I mean, we see all let's say Saul before he became Paul. He was sincerely pursuing the, the tradition or the religion of his fathers, but it was wrong. We see Apollos preaching the um, preaching the gospel, uh, yeah, uh, let's say teaching the baptism of John the Baptist, but he was wrong. He was wrong. 
it was not it was not 100% correct. He needed Priscilla and Aquila to align his theology. So you can be sincere, but sincerely wrong. So it's important to put that there. Number four. Hmm. First King 17, 2 to 5. Um, I may not read everything again. I'll just. So, verse 2. Then the Lord said to Elijah, Go to the east and hide by Kerit Brook, near where it enters the river Jordan. Go to the east and hide by Kerit Brook. So, we see in. First Kings 17, 3, that God tells Elijah to go and hide. After he had challenged, uh, after he had challenged uh, King Ahab, God tells him to go and hide. First Kings 17, 3. Now, First Kings 18, 1. Later on, in the third year of the drought, drought, the Lord said to Elijah, go and present yourself to Ahab. Tell him I will soon send rain. So my fourth lesson is, here is that the same God can tell you in one season to hide and in another season, go and present yourself. Go and show yourself. So there are seasons where God says hide. And sometimes he doesn't even tell us to hide. Just by the season you are in, you will know that you are, God is hiding you. It will just be obvious that nah, God is hiding you because by the time he starts doing what he's doing, he will be doing through you in the season he's showing you out. You will know he was hiding in that season. So I said to say that God can say hide, and the same God can say show yourself. We see that with Jesus when when Christ was giving better. God told Joseph, let me take him to Egypt and stay there for a season. And when the people that were looking for him to kill him died, but like, come and show yourself. Because at some season, God is the one that chooses how he wants to fight the battle. Sometimes we have a way that we think God should just dance through things and um, maybe just brush over everything. But in his wisdom, he chooses to do it the way he chooses to. And some seasons, he's saying, hide yourself. And in some seasons, he's saying, show yourself. I mean, we see Luke chapter 4, verse 28 to 30. Um, let's, let's just jump from... Elijah to look. Mark, look. So, Luke chapter 4, 28 to. Which is funny because in this same um, Luke chapter 4, Christ was just literally talking about Elijah and the widow of Zarephath. And then, when they heard this in verse 28, the people in the synagogue were furious. Jumping up, they mobbed him and forced him to the edge of the hill on which the town was built. They intended to push him over the cliff, but he passed through, right through the crowd and went on his way. So in that season, he escaped. In another season, um, after the Gethsemane scenario, he did not escape. He actually allowed himself. So there are times God allows people to escape, and sometimes he allows them to pass through. In that season. So God can say hide yourself. And the same God can say, go and show yourself. And sometimes because we're unable to, maybe not even for the person in the situation, 
for food that for outsiders that are watching, probably believers that are watching, sometimes it causes um, confusion. Like, okay, is this person shifting God? But no, it's the same God that says, "Show yourself." Same God that said, "Hide yourself." It's the same God that is now saying, "Okay, it's time. Let's go and show ourselves." Let's go and show ourselves. So yes, God can say, "Hide yourself," and God can say, "Show yourself." Okay, number five. James 5.17. James 5.17. Elijah was not a superhero. Elijah was a man of like passions. And I, I think that is, that is very, very comforting. Elijah was a man like you and I. Elijah was not a superhero was a man like you and I. He was just a man empowered by God on an assignment. He was a man of like passion. So Elijah was a man. Just to know that you are following, because only observation typing. Um, just drop on the comment box. Elijah was a man of like passions. Elijah was a man. Or let's just say Elijah was a man first. Let's just do Elijah was a man. At some point in life, Elijah was on earth, like you and I. Elijah was a man. Um, Elijah was a man. Elijah was a man. Elijah was a man. It's important. You know, because maybe his gene genealogy was not stated, we can tend to say, oh, like um, Melchizedek, without father and mother, and say, oh, maybe. But James came, it was almost like James, while trying to teach on prayer, just wanted people to know that Elijah was not like Melchizedek. Elijah was actually a man of like passions, just like you and I. Elijah was a man. Elijah was a man. But it was just a man that prayed. And I mean, that, that is humbling and encouraging because it lets us know that if you did what Elijah, or if you do what Elijah did, you will get Elijah's results. We're not, the, the Bible is not, it's not, um, it's not a legend. It's not, we're not writing stories of um, um, God's, we're writing stories of men. In fact, all these men did not know that their stories were being written. Amazing. That it's just like you and I living our lives now. I mean, going to work, PowerPoint tribe doing what God has called us to do. And we don't even know that probably someone was writing it. And then it becomes a chronicle for people if the Lord Jesus Christ starts in under 100 years. And they're like, oh, there was a man in the year 2000. That man, the man Jumon, the woman Jumoke, the man Ini, the man Karo, the woman Karo, sorry. <laughs> was a woman of like passions, but she prayed. She served the Lord with integrity and with skillfulness. So Elijah was the man. Elijah was a man. Elijah was a man. He was not an angel. He was not a myth, or he's not a myth. He's not a legend. He's a man. He is a man. Elijah is a man, was a man. Elijah was a man. He was just a man empowered by God. 
So it's it's almost like the story of Moses and when um, Moses was going to hand over to kill um, Joshua. One of the things God told Joshua was that I was the one that was with Moses. All he achieved was because I was with him. And I'm also with you. So be strong and be courageous. So it's the same thing here. Elijah was a man. The person that the source of his strength was because, like what I told us, he said, the spirit can come and carry you. So it was a man that was led by the spirit. And so we also have that spirit in us. So we can also get Elijah's results. We can get those kind of results. Amen. So let's let's just read through the lessons, the five lessons, and then I'll talk on the sixth one, and then we'll, we'll, we'll close and I'll call it a, an evening. Lesson one, that God has commanded someone does not even need the need for wisdom. Wisdom is the principal thing. So it's important that past season, we apply to wisdom. We show wisdom. We use understanding to do things. We don't just do it foolishly. Number two, stay on one lane. That lane is God's lane, of course. My admonition is to everyone, myself inclusive. And let's stay on God's lane. Number three is that you can be sincere and very wrong and still be wrong. So sincerity is good, but you can be sincere and wrong. We see that with the prophets of Baal. Number four, God can say in the season, hide yourself. And then in another season, in another season God will say, show yourself. You must not allow that to create any conundrum. As we observe, number five is Elijah was not a superhero; he was a man. Elijah was a man of like passions. He was a man of like passions. He was a man of like passions. So, staying on that number four, God can say, "I." One season, God can say that, "Oh, you're a prophet," and another season, He can move you into another another sphere. The platform may change, but. The, the the mission is still the same thing. So that the platform has changed doesn't mean that we think God is not using us or it's not using the person. So God can say I and say God can say show yourself in two different seasons. Hallelujah. Okay, number six. Okay, back to first Kings. Verse 19, verse 1. When Ahab got home, he told Jezebel everything Elijah had done. Now, let's pay attention to this. When Ahab got home, I, I'm using NLT. I'm sure most people are using KGB, but NKGB. But I, I think the message is still the same thing. To be honest. When Ahab got home, he told Jezebel everything. It's important to place emphasis on everything Elijah had done, including. So it means that what is included is just a subset of what was said. A number of other things were said, including the way he had killed all the prophets of Baal. And I'll pause there. So just First Kings 19, verse 1. And my sixth, the sixth lesson is that don't belittle the role those you associate, associate with play in your life. Don't belittle the role those you associate with play in your life. Don't belittle the role those you associate with play in your life. So I'll read 1 Kings 19.1 again. When Ahab got home, he told Jezebel everything Elijah had done, including the way he had killed all the prophets of Baal. 
So what are the things that in Ahab told Jezebel? First of all, Ahab told Jezebel that I mean from first Kings 18, we can we can we can begin to, to uh, state some of those things, itemize them. I might not be able to itemize everything, but I mean so Ahab told Jezebel that oh I met Elijah, Elijah today, and he said that rain was going to fall first. First thing. Now it says, gathered all, he also told me to gather all the prophets that God wants to show himself. So in the, on Mount Carmel, he also told the, um, Jezebel everything that happened because, oh, the prophets of Baal and the prophets of Asherah, they were trying to call fire. I mean, they did it all day. All day. But still, fire did not come down. And then when it was Elijah's turn, he did it the right way and fire fell. So that's another thing that Ahab would have told Jezebel. Ahab would have told Jezebel that Elijah told her, of course, that rain was going to fall and that Elijah went up to pray. Probably, I don't know if, Elijah, if Ahab saw the cloud, but I'm sure the um, Bible tells us that Elijah saw and saw the cloud. And when the when the hand of, when the cloud when the cloud formed like the hand of a man, I mean, Elijah told Ahab that rain was going to fall so rain had not fallen in three and a half years and this rain that did not fall was because elijah said so and now elijah was also saying rain was going to fall and rain was actually falling as ahab was telling <laughs> jezebel what elijah had done in that sense now ahab also saw something else in fact ahab saw the actual elijah level like the first original elijah level because it was as Ahab's chariot was running. That's like Ahab was the first person to see the OG Elijah level. Like he saw the original one. Like he saw Elijah running and running past his own chariot. So these were the things that Ahab saw. He saw, I mean, these are the things that he told, rather, the things he told in, um, Jezebel, including, of course, the killing of the prophets of Baal. He told them everything. And I was, this sounded to me like maybe, just maybe, Ahab was beginning to believe that okay, we might as well, we might as well just change our ways. I mean, let's just change our ways. I mean, the children of Israel already agreed that God is God is also God. They had acknowledged that after Elijah put down, after fire had come down from heaven and all. But I'm speaking to Jezebel. <laughs> Sister Jezebel switched it and sent that message that interesting message to elijah so it's important that we are careful and that's don't believe to the world those you associate with in your life if maybe and this is hypothetical just using my ghost mind probably jezebel was someone that oh with that as elijah as as um Ahab told her all those stories, but like, oh, we've been in the wrong, we've been in the wrong, and we, we need to go, we need to repent. Like the um, the, the king in Nineveh, when he was told what had happened, and he was like, oh, let everybody, we're going to fast and we're going to repent. It was something like that. Maybe, just maybe, that revival would have broken through the land of Israel in that sense. But alas, Jezebel is not like that. So Ahab saw all these things. He experienced all these things. He, he, like I said, he saw the original 
Elijah level. Like he watched it. He was the first person that first person to see it before Gaze Baba saw it. He did all that. But because the person he went to speak with did not blow the fires of that persuasion, his persuasion quickly died. His persuasions quickly died. There are times where, and maybe I don't say, I shouldn't say that now, but what I want to say is, don't believe to it. Don't believe to the role those who you associate with play in your life. The people, your friends, the people, and I, I mean, that's why First Corinthians will tell us, First Corinthians 15, do not be deceived. And I think we I talked about it twice, um, two days ago. Do not be deceived. Evil communication would always corrupt good manners. Do not be deceived. The challenge is that people do not acknowledge that they can be deceived. They do not acknowledge that those they associate with play a very significant role in their persuasion. Yes, the persuasion is at the mercy of those you associate with. Thank you. That, that's very apt. Your, your persuasion is at the mercy of those you associate with. And we see that with Elijah. I'm sorry, with Ahab. He told his wife everything. Everything. For that did not sponsor repentance in the wise heart. What is sponsored was that I was going to do with Elijah. So it's important to say it again. Your persuasion is at the mercy of those you associate with. It's really at, the, at, at their mercy. So, and when we say evil communication, it's, it's not just, I mean, friends are important in that conversation, but what you listen to, what you watch, the podcast, Bible calls those things enticing words of men's wisdom. They are very enticing. I mean, the Bible has already told us that they, are, they will be very enticing. They will sound very intellectual. But the thing is, eloquence is not truth. Reason. Reason is not truth. That someone can speak well, that someone has reason, that someone has charisma, that is not truth. God's word is the truth. And nothing can be done against it. Everything that will be done will be done for it. Can nothing can be done against it. So eloquence is not true. That someone speaks well. That someone is very articulate. It's good to be eloquent. It's good to be articulate. It's good to have all your thoughts arranged and deliver. It's good to have the gift of gab. It's good. It's it's if you're saying the truth, it's just, it makes it sound better. I don't sound. I don't know better. It makes it just sound appealing to people. But the truth is the truth. So eloquence is not truth. Reason is not truth. The word of God is true. So that fact that something is enticing, it looks intellectual. Because why, why a number of people have fallen by the wayside is because they have listened to things that sounded well, that sounded appealing, that made sense. And they didn't know that their defenses were being dulled, that their sword was being made blunt, that their fences were being broken. That they were creating edges in their life. I mean, we see a number of things. People speaking, and it sounds intellectual. What this person is saying makes sense. Makes sense. But after a while, foolishness is made, it's just made glaring in what we say. Like someone saying cohabiting is they don't see anything bad in it. I mean, you don't need to see anything bad in it, but it's bad. The same way fornication 
it's bad. The same way gossiping is bad. You don't need to. And I mean, there are many things. And like PD will say, we might not be able to say all the things that are wrong, but whatever is done outside of it, whatever is done outside of it is a sin. So don't belittle the role those you associate with play in your persuasion. Don't, 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 don't belittle it. Don't, 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 don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. Ensure that you are not being deceived. Ensure that we're not being deceived. Friends, podcasts, books. I mean, there are many things. And like Pastor also taught um, in the discerning of spirits that at this season, we need to be very, our discernment must be heightened. Must really be heightened because deception will be everywhere. It will be everywhere. And this is a charge to myself also. Our discernment must be high. And our discernment cannot be high if we don't have the word of God in us. If um, we are not studying God's word, you're not reading God's word, and what you are listening to is um, a podcast that is not sponsored by God, in that sense, or the thoughts or the source of their belief is not found in the word of God, and you're listening to it, it's just a, it's just a little while. It's just a little while. Faith comes by hearing and hearing God's word. So you must be hearing God's word to build your faith, to align your faith. If you're not listening to God's word, your faith is not being built. It's as simple as that. Doesn't matter who you are, and that's why Bible tells us that evil communication will corrupt good manner, manners rather. So it is important that we that we say this. Your persuasion is at the mercy of those you associate with. It's, it's very simple, and we see that with um, Ahab. He told his wife everything. Probably open to I don't know, because apparently his wife was the view power behind most things maybe open to convince her or something. And because his own persuasion was not so strong, the person with the stronger persuasion prevailed. And he aligned what, what his wife said they should do in that sense. So it is important to say that your persuasion is at the mercy of, I think I'll just take what of this. Uh, oh, Minister Esther, I said, your persuasion is at the mercy of those you associate with. Your persuasion in God. Your persuasion in life generally, actually, is at the mercy of those you interact with. So it's important that we are staying with the word of God. We're staying with the word of God. I mean, Ahab saw everything real time. He saw the fire come down real time. He saw the rain. He saw Elijah doing the Elijah level. He saw all those things. But because the person he had to, he went to vet the information which said, Ta, I beg. All these church people, all these church people, church is a scam, and all those things. Because it's important to, Apostle also said this, the fact that there is fake, it means that there's original. I mean, I don't think anybody has seen any fake 5,000 in because there's no original 5,000, so they can't be fake 5,000. But you have seen fake Rolex, you have seen fake Nike shoes, because there's the original ones. So the reason that there is fake is because they're original. The burden of responsibility is to ensure that you are in a, you, you you get to know what the original is, and the original is not hidden. The original is in God's word, so we stay we stay on the word. So we must ensure we must ensure that those who have the dominant voice in our lives 
what is also dominant in their life is God's word. Because if God's word is not having dominant, um, it's not taking dominant place. If it's culture, in as good as culture can be, if it's trends, if it's vogue, if those are the things that are taking taking premium place in their life, what is going to happen is that you'll find out after a while that you might have fallen by the wayside. So it is important. It is important that the person that we don't believe to the world that we are not deceived. We are not deceived because we actually have an adversary and it's looking for him to destroy. So it's important to say. So let, let's run through everything again from top to bottom. That's one that God has commanded someone does not admit the need for wisdom. Stay on one lane. That is the God lane. You can be sincere and be wrong. We see that with the prophets of power. God can say in one season, hide yourself, and in another season, you can say, show yourself. Elijah was not a superhero, he was a man. And number six, don't belittle the role those who you associate with play in your life. Be careful of those who have who have the who have the, who have the dominant voice in your life. Be careful of their counsel. Ensure it's God's word. Ensure it's God's word. Ensure it's God's word. So that means there's also the burden of ensuring that whatever people tell you aligns with God's word. You must verify yourself. You must be able to discern. You must be able to discern. Okay, thank you very much, everyone. I will stop here. Um, thank you for your time. Um, I hope I communicated the way um, I got it, or even better. I'm sure the Holy Spirit would have helped me to also build, it, build a better interface in our hearts. Let us pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for your word that's come. Thank you because that's come to correct us, that's come to instruct us, that's come to encourage us, that's come to also rebuke us and to enlighten us so that we are thoroughly furnished, thereby becoming that excellent disciple which we are building at the PowerPoint tribe. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Okay, so that will be all for my Cheers. Wow, what a word. For more messages, connect with our tribesmen across all social media platforms at PowerPoint Tribe.